for the March 14th episode of this podcast featured a tornado that ripped through a major metropolitan city. That day was Atlanta. Today, it was Dallas. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History from the Weather Network in Canada. I always like to hearken back to past episodes of this podcast that compare to the current story. I do it from time to time, and I do it for two reasons. One, to illustrate that as mind-boggling as some stories are, the weather has done it all before, somewhere else already. And two, to get you to listen to past episodes because they are all relevant today this day in weather history. The 1957 Dallas tornado could very easily have been shrugged off as, eh, just another Texas twister. However, this event was actually historically quite significant, you see. The tornado did not strike in a sparsely populated rural location, but rather in the middle of the downtown metropolitan area. Now, even by 1957 standards, one and a quarter million people was a ton of people, and a tornado let loose in that density was certain to do a lot of damage. This 1957 twister was rated F3, which again, is not even close to the most powerful of its kind to set off across the US South, but it was downtown Dallas where basically everyone at the time lived in the state, relatively speaking, of course, with all due respect to Houston and other big cities. This tornado was on the ground for a terrifying 40 minutes. And in that time, it carved out a 16 mile divot through Oak Cliff and West Dallas. And it became a celebrity along the way, and I'll explain how that happened in a moment. Here's what happened. First, it was a daylight strike. Atlanta's was at night and came in a storm, so seeing it was difficult for most. This one happened during a Tuesday afternoon while the city was in full flight, so there was a massive population around to see it. And remember, I said it went on and on and on for 40 minutes. Yeah it apparently took its sweet leisurely time in passing by, so it made it easy for even the slowest of people like me to snap a picture of it. For its time, it was, and by far, the most filmed and photographed tornado. See, it was a celebrity. But seriously, this ability to not only photograph it, but also film it, made it the easiest of its time to grade as well. Remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways. Right now, you are listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider, but there is also the daily podcast video short. They are shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective, and oftentimes they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. In all, 125 people took pictures of this twister and film followed it for 2,000 feet or 610 meters. And because the conditions were relatively clear at that time of day, the video was pretty good, much clearer than you'd expect for that time. And somewhat inadvertently, for the first time, this also allowed local meteorologists and weather experts to have reliable estimates of the very high wind velocities associated with severe tornadoes. It was observed and later confirmed that 574 structures were damaged, including close to 154 homes and up to 28 apartment buildings that were completely destroyed. But although most of the damage was to houses because the tornado struck in a built-up area, engineers were able to make the first systematic measurements of the effects of those winds on a number of different types of construction. This analysis and dissemination of materials would go on to prove historical. 
It was thanks to this information and more like it that contributed to the development of the Fujita scale for tornado classification in 1971. Sadly, this F3 took the lives of 10 people, including three children from a single family, making it still the highest death toll from a tornado to date in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It also left around 200 more people with injuries and a total of 500 people homeless. But the 1957 Dallas F3 incident would mark the first major breakthrough of success for modern scientific research into one of nature's most violent phenomena. And this research has gone on to save countless numbers of lives every year and lives on in its sophistication with modern radar and other high-tech weather instruments that can be moved quickly to the sites of severe storms, brought on by the aftermath of what happened this day in weather history. Hey, do you like the podcast? We'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea, go right now to wherever you're listening to me and rate us if you would, please. It's on a five-star system and we would love as many stars as you can afford. So rate us, but then also review us. This way we can always stay on top of how you'd like to see the show evolve. Then remember to subscribe to this podcast. Click the subscribe or follow button right there on the very same podcast homepage you're listening on. You'll be immediately reminded that the next day is ready to listen to, and you also have access to every episode in the archives. It dates back to June 1st of 2020, so there is a lot that we got to get caught up on on this day in weather history. Tomorrow is April 3rd. And we are staying with tornadoes, but this time closer to home here at Canada's The Weather Network. We are reliving the details of the 1974 Windsor tornado. On April 3rd of 74, an F3-class tornado ripped through Windsor after crossing the Detroit River. But that was not the biggest story. It was one of 148 confirmed tornadoes to touch down in North America that day. It will be one to remember for sure. This Day in Weather History, with me, your host, Chris May.